0: Good morning, Church. Welcome. It's good to see you on this Sunday morning. As we come to God's Word, we come back to Jesus' words in the Sermon on the Mount. As he has just come through the Beatitudes and speaking about the Christian's character, we move immediately from that, and the words about being persecuted when we have that Christian character, into these words in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by man. This weekend, and next, we will look at this metaphor that Jesus gives of salt of the earth and the light of the world. He said, this is who we are as Christians. He has spoken of the Christian character. Now he speaks about the Christian's purpose. For we are not just good for goodness' sake. We are good so that others will see that goodness and turn to Jesus. He said, do your good deeds before men so they will see those good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. It was just the same way when Jesus spoke in John chapter 17, the prayer that he prayed for us that we looked at several months ago. He talks to us about Christian unity. And he says there is joy in this unity, but it's not just unity so we will feel wonderful about ourselves. It's unity so that the world will see and will believe. And so it's true with this Christian character. We live by these traits that we have looked at because we long to have others turn to him as well. And so we turn to our purpose, and in that purpose he says we are the salt of the earth. He does not say we try to be the salt, that would be our initiative. Or we have the salt, that would be just the message. But we actually are the salt of the earth. If it was just a message, then people would not follow it if we were not living in the same way that we spoke. And so it has to be our very nature, our purpose, that we are the salt of the earth. And either we function as salt or we're useless, as Jesus says here in the sermon. And so the assumption is that the world is in need of what we have to give, that there would be great decay if it were not for the Christian presence in our world. I think back even in the history of our own country, as we turned into the 1900s and there was this wonderful blind optimism uh, the Industrial Revolution, everything is going to be great, and by education, we will end war, we will end disease, we will end suffering, all by the power of man. And then came World War I, and the worldwide pandemic like we are going through now, and the Depression, and World War II, and a series of wars throughout the century. And we saw that that optimism turned to realism, and the nature of sin was there. Now when Jesus spoke these words in the first century, there was also an approach to life that left God out of the picture. It is said that God created man in his own image and then man returned the favor, and with Greek and Roman mythology, they created their gods, and they made them just like man with all the weaknesses and failings that man has. But God is above us. God is greater. Than us. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways higher (coughs) than our our ways. (coughs) And so we come as Christians, as the salt of the earth, and recognize that God wants to use us to bring these characteristics into His world. And so, as salt, we must be in relationship with that for which we are supposed to help. We are in relationship with our world. Jesus prays that we be in the world, but not of the world. Let's look over to that prayer that he prays for us in John chapter 17. He says to the Father, I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. So what does it mean to be in the world and not of the world? In James it says, keep yourself from being polluted by the world. We've seen the errors in Christian history. There was the age of monasticism, where the church just completely abandoned the world and went off to live in their monasteries. But then Luther and others decided that is not saving anyone. And we must get back where the people are. And so the Reformation came. If we are salt, we will be mixed in with all those around us and add the preservation and the flavor that God wants for us. We are different from those around us. We were called to be different. The very word, Ecclesia, the church, are the called out ones. We are called to be different for the sake of Christ. And so we recognize that we are indeed a peculiar people, called out by God to make a difference in our world. And so let's look at the characteristics of salt. First of all, in the mind of those who Jesus was speaking to, they would have thought about the purity of salt. And we've already looked at the purity of our relationships in the Beatitudes. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And so that purity... Is not purity in some isolation. It is only purity as it's in relationship, relational holiness. I'm not pure off in of some ivory tower someplace. I'm only pure if I am pure in my relationships with my family, with my friends, with those around me, with my enemies, with those with whom I work, with those with whom I go to school. All of these relationships are to be caught up in purity. It's not an isolated purity. Sanctification is not an isolated state. Now the Romans said that salt was pure because it came from purity, from the sea and the sun. The Greeks called salt divine, and the Jews offered their sacrifices sprinkled with salt to purify that which they offered up to God. And so Christians are to be examples of purity. Salt does not deteriorate. When Jesus said, if the salt loses its saltiness, that was an unheard of concept could can salt ever not be salty? But he says to us, do not appear to be salt and really not be salt. We need to be authentic in our Christian focus. As so how the characteristics of the world are the lowering of standards. Standards of honesty, standards of morals, standards of diligence at work. I'm so thankful to my Father for teaching me a work ethic. If a job is worth doing, it's worth doing well. And in everything we did, he would drill that into us. As we came uh, through the celebration of Martin Luther King Day, I was thinking of the great sermon that he preached about being the best that you can be. It was triggered by a situation where he was actually getting his shoes shined. And the guy was doing such a good job, he said, this guy must have a Ph.D. in shining shoes. Here's an excerpt from that sermon. If it falls your lot to be a street sweeper, and sweet streets like Michelangelo painted pictures. Sweet streets like Beethoven composed music. Sweet streets like Leontine Price sings before the Metropolitan Opera. Sweet streets like Shakespeare wrote poetry. Sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will have to pause and say, "Here lived a great street sweeper who swept his job well." If you can't be a pine at the top of the hill, be a shrub in the valley. Be the best little shrub on the side of the hill. Be a bush if you can't be a tree. If you can't be a highway, be a trail. If you can't be a sun, be a star. For it isn't by size that you win or fail. Be the best of whatever you are. Jesus calls us to be the best in Christian character. And the best is to be salt to our world. Paul said to Timothy, Be an example to believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. And so we strive to be pure in our speech, and our conduct, and our thought, above reproach, unspotted by the world. Longtime songwriter McNally has a song that talks about this deterioration of morals. And the chorus says, I lowered my standards, and I looked around, and nobody noticed. And every time he sings a verse about the deterioration of our culture, he says that I looked around, and lowered my standards and nobody noticed. Well, as Christians, we are to be the people who notice, who make a difference, who speak out in the deterioration of our culture. The ones who speak out, the ones who try to make change, to be pure in speech, in conduct and thought, to live above reproach, unspotted by the world. Then beyond purity, salt is also different from what it's used in. We're in contrast with the world. See, if the world and the church walk together, it is the church that loses its identity, not the world. We are called upon to be set apart and different. Salt is of no value, if it tastes the same as food. It's to bring out the flavor of the food in which it is used. And so we must be different, or else we fall into the bland tastelessness of our culture and get into the pleasure-seeking society that tries to seek some happiness. We find our joy in Christ, and we demonstrate that joy, for worlds. Now you'll have to take this on faith, but most of my life I've been a distance runner. My last marathon was <clears throat> was five years ago, and and I was thinking how far technology has come for our bodies uh, from the time that I fifty five years ago was in cross country in high school. In that last marathon, there were all kinds of supplements and electrolytes and things we could take into our bodies along the way in this long, grueling race, in order to maintain our strength. But back when I began running, you know what they gave us? Salt tablets. The recognition was that we had lost, in perspiration, this salt which is necessary for our body. And they give us these salt tablets and plenty of water as we continued to run. And so salt, in one of its characteristics, is that it provides strength. Says on the, the side of the work salt bottle, a necessary nutrient. We need this in our lives. The world will falter without the strength of God demonstrated by Christians. We are to provide strength in the midst of a faltering culture. Now, the main characteristic of salt that they would have thought of in the time when Jesus spoke these words was as a preservative. It's the first thing that would have come to their mind. In the ancient world, a bag of salt was worth the same as a man's life. They used it to transport and to keep their food, to prevent corruption of that food. In 1 Corinthians 15, it says, Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good character. But the opposite is also true, that good company tends to enhance good character. We all know people in whose presence it's easier to be bad and people in whose presence it's easier to be good. We strive to be the latter. We strive to be those Christians, the salt of the earth, that in our company people will rise in their morality, in the way they live their lives. We are to preserve the morality, the truth, the godly nature of man in our culture. The first thing we think of In our society, when we think of salt, is adding flavor. And we do that as well. Even our favorite foods can be bland and tasteless without a pinch of salt. It releases the natural flavor. And so we are to be in the same way. If you add salt, you don't taste the salt, but you taste the best flavor. And so we are not to draw attention to ourselves, but to bring out the best in others. Salt is inconspicuous. It is not self-glorifying. And so I think of the words of John the Baptist where he spoke of Jesus and said, he must increase, I must decrease. We are not in the spotlight as Christians. As a salt, we are to be inconspicuous. And this salt is out of proportion. Just a pinch of salt in the recipe is all that it takes. And Jesus tells countless parables about this very fact, how a little bit of yeast leavens the entire Know how the the tiniest seed that they had, the mustard seed, would grow into the largest of garden plants. And then salt is ordinary, inexpensive, but of great value. I remember the first time when, as a California boy, I was driving across country to seminary in Kansas City, and we came through the Utah salt plants. and I had heard about them and see pictures of them just this expanse, as far as the eye could see just salt, and I began to realize why it's so cheap on the shelf in the store here it is, all over the grounds and only has to be harvested the great salt plants and yet with that ordinary inexpensive material Jesus comes with his wonderful metaphor that's what we are we are ordinary, we're to be inconspicuous we are to be out of proportion, a little bit goes a long way. My father's favorite song from the old hymnal was, little is much when God is in it. God can take our lives and use it for great glory. And so he uses this picture of us as the salt of the earth. The Christian in the world is to glorify Christ, not to glorify ourselves. No despair that we are few among many, because we are powerful, even though out of proportion. We are to mix with the common things of life and give them value. Christianity brings excitement into our world. Christianity is not a drab and boring thing. If The world has gotten that impression that's probably our fault. We need to express the joy that we find in Jesus Christ. We're responsible for what people think about Christ. How has he changed our life? And we talk about the amazing things that he has given to us. And people talk to us about, all the things you have to give up if you become a Christian. Well, yeah, I had to give up heartache and despair and hopelessness and all those things. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Speak out this truth of God into our world. You've heard the expression, salt like salt in a wound. And that's the next characteristic of salt. It can remove infection. Salt stings if it's put on an open wound, but if it's allowed to stay there, it will begin the healing process. The Christian message often is painful. Painful to sin is it reveals sin. We don't just spread joy, we call people to repentance, which means a call to confess your sins and recognize that you need God's love. Another thing that salt wouldn't be thought of today, but in Palestine in the ancient times... They were the acidity of their soil. They found that if they added a little bit of salt. It served as a fertilizer to neutralize that acidity and, and allow things to grow. It provides a climate for growth, and we provide a climate for growth by our example. The thing about salt is the individual nature of it. This is a little shaker of Morton salt. Remember, there all these years when it rains, it pours. Along with the list of ingredients, which is salt they add this calcium citrate, which then coats the grains of salt so that they don't clump. An anti-caking agent, it says on the side of the case, So that it doesn't clump together. Salt is valuable as an individual grain. There's little value to a lump of salt. It can't be spread to where it is needed. And so Christianity is a fellowship of individuals. And God doesn't look at us as the church as a big old lump of Christians, but individual believers. The church can make great pronouncements about war or morality and have little impact. But a Christian next to you at work or at school can have an amazing impact upon your life. The hope for society is more individual Christians. And so as Morton Salt says, when it rains, it pours. Salt gathers moisture and it lumps up. And so it's treated. And so God protects us as individual believers and helps us to do what he calls us to do in every individual situation. We're not called to be the sugar of the earth, but the salt of the earth. We don't sugarcoat life. We face life head on and recognize our role. So we are all these things to a needy world. A preservative, a flavor, adding strength and purity, different, individual, to provide health and growth. And the old phrase, are you worth your salt? Salt just is what it is. And salt's only value is its saltiness. disciple only has one thing to give, a radical obedience to Jesus Christ. So Jesus says to us, without me you can do nothing, in John chapter 5. And so we recognize that without him, we are empty. Discipleship. Without usefulness, we are to be thrown out. It says if the salt loses its saltiness. Don't look like salt without being salt. Uselessness just invites disaster. We are called to fulfill our purpose. We move from character to purpose. I love the first question of the Westminster Catechism. It says, what is the chief end of man? And the answer is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Our purpose is to show how much we not only glorify God and lift Him up, but enjoy His presence. To recognize that we are indeed the salt of the earth. There's an old saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Of course you can make him drink. You just give him salt. And so we think, okay, well, you can lead people to Christ, but you can't make them accept Christ. You know how we make them accept Christ? We give them our example. We are the salt of the earth. It will create a thirst for the world, for the living water, for the love of Jesus Christ, if we will simply be salt in the midst of a bland and decaying culture. People will taste the salt of the Christian life and thirst for the living water of God. Now, it says on the side of that warm salt container, a necessary nutrient. May they be one, Jesus says, that they may demonstrate that unity to the world, and that the world might come. We are something necessary in the world. If you belong to Christ, you are His. There was a book that impacted me greatly back in the 1970s by Becky Pepper, called Out of the Salt Shaker. And there's a picture of the salt shaker on a shelf as an image of the church. Are we the salt of the earth if we're just kept up in that shaker on the shelf? Or are we the church as we're scattered among society and sprinkled liberally everywhere we go to be the salt of the earth, to get out of the church and into the world to recognize it has called us Change lives. Christopher Dawson gave this statement about Christians being salt. A Christian has only to be in order to change the world. For in that act of being, there is contained all the mystery of supernatural life. It is the function of the church to sow this divine seed, to produce not only good people, but spiritual people. Insofar as the church fulfills this function, it transmits to the world a continuous stream of spiritual energy. If the salt itself loses its savor, then indeed the world sinks back into disorder and death. Charles Wesley's old hymn, A charge to keep I have, a God to glorify, a never-dying soul to save, and fit it for the sky. As... Matthew Henry was commenting on this in a biblical commentary. He said, We shall, everyone, have a charge to keep. An eternal God to glorify, an immortal soul to provide for, and one generation to serve. We are in the time where the baton has to us. This is the generation that we are serving to be used to, to show them Jesus Christ. But the verse of that old hymn by Charles Wesley that strikes me is the second verse. To serve the present age, my calling to fulfill. Oh, may all my powers engage to do the Master's will. May we truly be the salt of the earth this week as we go out into our world. Father, we trust you to take this word and move it into action in our hearts and lives. May we see your truth. May we know that truth. May we recognize that that truth moves us, not just to contemplate, but moves us to action. May we be a church that moves from Christian character to the Christian's purpose, to change the world in your name. Amen. God bless you, church. Have a great day.